This is the Galanac Master Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Galanac Master Cycling is a global community of 50-year-old plus cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week, we'll share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride, and give tips and advice to be fitter and more confident riders. Welcome to this first ever Galanac Master Cycling Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Nelia Smith from South Africa, Stuart Nixon from Scotland and Chris Foggin from New Zealand will all share their inspiring stories about why they ride their bikes. Later on, Nelia will nominate her Rider of the Week. Stuart will tell us about a great place to ride a bike and Chris will give us some valuable coaching tips. Let's start with Stuart. Stuart, tell us your cycling story. Absolutely, absolutely fine, Norman. Yeah. Um, I suppose my... My favourite sport but back in the day was boxing. I come from an amateur boxing background. Um, and I stopped at my late 20s. Due to sort of settling down, kids, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and apart from the fact I knew long before then I was never going to be world middleweight champion. Um, so settled down to sort of married life and working and was always looking for something to replace boxing and the, and the buzz that the fight game get, gave me. I tried five asides, I tried golf, bowling, uh, other bits and bobs, and I, I couldn't get it. I was always, I was always looking for that uh, bit that was missing. <clears throat> I had a friend who, by this time I was probably in my late 30s, uh, and I had a friend who was a triathlete, and I was helping him move house uh, and he had this, I now know it was a, a sort of time trial bike, you know, with the handlebars out in front and stuff. And I started to get interested in the kind of workings of that. He said, try it out. So he adapted it more, more to be, just to become a road bike. Um, by this time, I was probably 16 and a half stone. Um, so it's I've got a mate who's on the, He's on, he's on the group, Graham, Graham Wallace. Uh, Graham describe, describes it as my a cheeseburger away from a heart attack days. Um, so again, and I'll never forget, my, my first run was, was I stay in Solcoats in the west coast of Scotland. So my first run was two and a half miles out and two and a half miles back. Uh, I knew where two and a half miles was because it was a, a kind of old building. Uh, just as you kind of leave our drossing. And it was five miles and I was absolutely burst. Absolutely burst. Um, come in, lay on the couch, breathing out my ears, I think. Um, but I knew then I'd, I knew then I'd got it. I'd, I, it, was, it was a good uh, sort of exhaustion. And I knew, I clicked instantly that I'd found what, what I'd been looking for. Um, that then sort of transpired into getting myself a bike that, that I kind of liked um, and slowly but surely 
the weight started to come off. And I also noticed, been rid of anxiety and, de- and depression for, for most of my adult life. Um, and I suppose now looking back, boxing staved that off. It kept it at bay. And then didn't have boxing and, and slowly descended into the, the darkness that depression and anxiety can bring. And the buzz that I realised was missing was that physical exertion that the bike gave me and all that good chemicals it produces in the body and everything that, that goes with that. Um, so that was a click. And got myself a bike, then sort of got all the gear, slowly but surely. It's had some good mates that um, sort of gave me a loan of bikes and uh, advised me in gear and all that kind of stuff. So that was me well and truly hooked. I was doing 60, 70 miles at the weekend, um, 10s and 20s before my work or after my work. And the biggest thing for me was staving off this bloody anxiety and and depression, um, which the, the, the cycling... I've got as much to thank cycling as I've got to thank boxing. So <clears throat> then I made an attempt on, <clears throat> I was in holiday with my wife in Blair Gowrie. And from Blair Gowrie back to Salkoats, it's, it's about 100 miles. So I wanted to break the 100 mile in a day barrier. Um, so my wife, Julie, took the, the card back from Blair Gowrie and the day we were getting back, and I was I was going to cycle back. She was going to stop at certain parts, you know, Stirling, Glasgow, in case I didn't make it. Um, I made it, but the, the funny part being, I took a wrong turning in Stirling, and ended up doing 130 miles. Uh, so, so that was certainly really, really, really into the buzz. Um, one of, one of my, my mates that uh, I grew up with doing doing the boxing stuff. Um, he had got into cycling as well. And he's really in, into outdoors stuff as well. You know, the kind of whole sort of beard grill, Ray Mears, camping in the wild stuff. So he got into cycling touring, you know, taking taking a tent, all that kind of stuff. Um, got myself a tour bike, um, all the panniers. So, so, so now my life is kind of revolving more around trying to keep fit during the week and sort of doing enough chores about the house to put the wife in a good mood so that I can go away for the weekend. Um, so a cycle tour all over Scotland. Um, done some of the some of the islands, done Mull, Jura, Isla, a uh, few others, and done the borders and Galloway Forest uh, and, and places like that. I want to start doing abroad stuff and probably to kind of finish off my, my, my I briefly kind of finish off my journey from being that kind of 16 and a half stone, uh, riddled with anxiety and depression. We are very much, uh, me and my mate was telling about Graham, in the forward planning stages for attempting a la jog uh, next May. Obviously, la jog been lands in John Groats. So, I sort of, I've really got a lot to thank cycling for. Really okay. 
Thanks, Stuart. Thanks for that. And well, I'm delighted that we've got all our all our panelists together now. After that, um, some initial technical hitches. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, Stuart. And just for those that don't know, uh, Le Jog Lands End to John O'Groats is the is the longest point-to-point cycle ride that you can do in the in in the UK. Um, big big challenge for um, for many many cyclists. So I'm delighted also to welcome Nilia Smith from South Africa. Hi, Nilia. Hi. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, Glad good. to see you all. <laughs> Can you tell us your story about how you got into cycling and what it, what it means for you, Neil? Yes. Um, I Just for the record, I'm 62 years young. <laughs> and um, I'm a wife and a mother of four boys, uh, three of them already married, uh, one a student, and then... Um, I've got a lovely grandchild that lives in New Zealand, um, John, or who is the Chris? <laughs> Chris is in New Zealand. Yeah, so that's why I was quite interested in your post that you did about New Zealand. In this, I think it's in the, the South Island. Anyway, um, I literally started cycling about three years ago. And I say literally because I didn't have a bicycle that I can remember of when I was a child. I had to start from scratch almost three years ago. So um, at my age, it was quite a challenge, but um, I always say, I don't look for excuses. I look for solutions. (laughs) So um, I had to start um, just balancing and not ending up in the ditches and uh, the, 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 the Gears um, 3 by 9 I think, is my bicycle, was really like Greek to me. I struggled to understand how does it work that this one goes up and that one goes down when I go uphill or downhill, to get faster or slower. Anyways, and I started with cleats from the beginning, from the, from the word go, <laughs> um, which I'm not um, sorry about. I still enjoy the cleats after a few falls, but luckily not too serious. Um, anyway, when I got the hang of it and I was cycling and felt that breeze in my face and the freedom and the openness and the feeling of nature, I said out loud to myself, as, I, as I've mentioned in my post, I said, I was born to do this. <laughs> and I really feel that is true. I should have done it years ago. Um, I think one of the the post that I read when I was looking through everybody's post was, I think, Pietro, who said, um, the only regret is that I have is that I haven't started sooner in my life. And that's true. That's how I feel. Um, well, the, 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 how I feel about cycling, it's not a race. It's for me a journey. And as I've mentioned, my journey started about three years ago. And the journey that I, and I listen now to Stuart as well, and I see a lot of people kind of have the same uh, thing about mental health, about physical health and fitness and benefits that we we have through cycling. And for me, it was um, at that stage, my husband had to work in Namibia for quite some time. Uh, Me being in my 50s at that time as well, um, as many people would know, uh, actually women would know, but perhaps men as well, that we go through menopause. <laughs> and being in menopause at that time was um, a difficult time for me, being lonely. Um, the, 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 
um, uh, um, the kids are all out of out of the house already, and I have a small business here in Pretoria, but that is another story. Um, so I couldn't go with my husband. I had to stay. And then the depression started. I w- was never somebody who actually had a problem with depression, but I started being um, really, really severely depressed. A lot of factors was, was, but I think also the fact that I was in menopause. <clears throat> then I uh, met a, a friend who's still today one of my best cycling friends. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, she introduced me to cycling. She was she's a cyclist for many many years, and uh, she borrowed a, a mountain bike from a, another friend, which was an extra large. And I use a small bicycle at the moment, so it was totally not my size. But I started on it, and I can honestly say it changed my life in many ways. Changed my life, especially in in terms of a depression today when I feel that dark cloud starting to hover above I know the best medicine is to get onto that bike and um, go for a ride and I see in the post many people and I understand that it's not easy to get yourself motivated to get out of the house to get onto the bike and for me it helps to make appointments specific appointments with people and friends and that's why I in my post as well, friendships in cycling has plays a very big role. Um, on Wednesday mornings, I go cycling with the girls, with a group of girls that start on half past six in the morning and go for about the 50 ride, 50 kilometers ride um, out in into nature. Um, Friday mornings, I've got another friend that I go with. Saturday mornings, me and my husband, usually with a group of friends. Sunday mornings with my husband and my son and another friend <laughs> so we we have specific appointments and it's fun and you feel you have to go because they rely on you as well so that helps me getting out um but coming back to friendships i honestly can tell you that um through cycling i've made very very precious friends um we, me and my husband, we love mountain biking specifically because we are nature lovers. We, we enjoy it. We grew up in Namibia. We love the nature. We love the outdoors. And um, when we go cycling, we try to, <laughs> the buzzword is stay in the now. Be, be aware of the present. Be aware of what is happening, the, the environment, the scenery, the smells, the, what we see, what we feel. And if there is a situation that we say a beautiful, see a beautiful bird, we would stop and just have a look at it, try to get a photo, not always we can, but really spend a little bit of time there. Um, so no racing, no um, rushing. Sometimes we do challenge ourselves. I have to say it's all about the exercise as well. And at our age, I can definitely see you mentioned, Stuart, about weight. I definitely lost quite a few, uh, uh-huh. uh, some, some weight in the process, which is always a positive for, on, in our age or any person. So Definitely. I, yeah. yeah, I struggle with um, arthritis. And in spite of that, and, and some pain that I have when I ride, I feel that it's still, my joints are oiled and keeps going. Mm. So it's not, uh, luckily, I see one of the 
the people mentioned that he had to stop cycling for a while because of arthritis. I'm luckily still going strong. But yes, um, for me, it's about friendship. It's about, um, Norman, you said in one of your posts, freedom, fitness, proximity to nature. And that is so true. Um, I uh, enjoy it because I can be outside and I can um, meet with friends and we can have fun. So, yes, it really had a deep impact in our lives. Um, in total. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, Nira. That's an inspiring story, I think, for, for all of us here and, and many who will watch this uh, over time, that thing about friendship and health and being close to, to nature, such a such a strong theme. So thank, thank you for that. I'm delighted to welcome Chris Foggin from New Zealand. Uh, Chris, would you like to share your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry about the delay coming in. I That's okay. have some te technical problems down this bottom end of the earth. Um, just, just picking up on what Neely said, there's actually a really uh, a quite well-known study about um, kids cycling to school and, and the, the benefits of that. And they, they asked kids who were driven to school to draw pictures and they asked kids who rode to school to draw pictures. And if you look at the two sets of pictures that were drawn, the ones that were driven to school were generally um, black, grey uh, buildings and nothing else. And then uh, if you look at the pictures that were from the kids that rode to school, it was all about, it was colour and flowers and plants and birds and, and animals and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's kind of proved the point that you're with nature and you're, um, you know, you, you sort of, uh, you pick up a lot more on the bike. So, so that's just a just a thought I had. Um, my, my world um, is a diff, slightly different um, uh, to the previous speakers. Um, uh, my my I guess my drug is is exercise, and um, I I was in the police service for thirty years, saw an awful lot of horrible stuff there, and and the way that I um, dealt with um, the stress of that kind of a work was was exercise. Um, which was everything from running, you know, training in the gym and cycling was always been a passion. I've been on a bike from, you know, since, since I can remember. Um, and my journey into uh, the world that I work in now, I actually now work for a national sports body, uh, Cycling New Zealand. So I'm quite lucky to actually, it's like a busman's holiday. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not really work, is it? When you work in the sports industry. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the sort of educational piece for me started with um, uh, with police officers uh, about 1994, or way back even before that, we used to ride the police bike. So in the early 80s, we'd have these old steel um, BSA bikes with three gears, and we'd ride them around with our big police tall hats on and stuff and, and sneak around on, on nights, on night shift. And about 1994, I was in, I'd actually gone over to the States and I was in San Diego and um, I was in one of the tourist areas of San Diego and saw these two um, police officers on bikes. They were on mountain bikes. Um, they were wearing shorts, which was never heard of in the British police. Um, they were wearing uniform, which actually worked with the bike and they looked really smart, but they were also very approachable. Um, and it, it triggered something in me to see these two uh, dudes sort of um, riding around and chatting to tourists. That, that there's something in this. Anyway, uh, some years later, about 10 years later, um, I had the opportunity to develop a, a course for police officers in my old police force, which was in Liverpool. 
So uh, through my job as a, a police officer, but also as a physical training instructor, I put this thing together. Um, and it, it sort of went to um, from being individual forces that put things together to a national program. And we brought people on board who, um, who you know, qualified um, as educators, particularly in the mountain bike world, because most police forces were using mountain bikes. Um, so long story short, it, it developed. Um, we had, I think initially, the, the, them on Marin mountain bikes, um, hard tails, but with fr front suspension, but they worked really well as patrol bikes. Uniforms changed. We got them into, you know, just normal cycling gear, but they were branded up with the police logos on. And it, we used them for events. We used them for patrolling. And it was just a really magic way of, of um, engaging with the public. Um, and then I had this sudden epiphany that um, I can make a business out of this. And th there was a need around Liverpool to take kids out of the city. And that was one of the drivers. You know, there's kids that have never seen a cow or never seen a, a sheep or, you know, never seen paddocks. So the business got created. Um, long story short, but we, we did really well with it over three years. We got funding from all sorts of different streams to get these kids out of the inner city and out into the uh, forests and the tracks and trails. Dealt with some really difficult kids. Uh, dealt with some really, really interesting social problems. But the thing that you watch with that is that you get a kid on a bike and it changes. It completely changes their behavior. Even, even some of the worst behaved kids, it was, you know, it was it changed them. And, and as a police officer, having dealt with the really nasty end of the stick, and then to see some of these kids that would normally be in prison or you'd be locking them up or whatever, were now on bikes and had freedom and were starting to change their, um, their attitudes a little bit, which was quite cool. Um, sold, sold that business. Um, when we emigrated to New Zealand in, um, well, we came over first in 2006. So he got here in 2007. Um, and, Long story again, but I managed to end up with a job with the National Sports Body, um, just using all the, the experiences and background I had through the cycle education in the UK, working with British cycling and stuff like that to, to bring that here. And nearly the last decade, so probably nine plus years now, I've been with them and developing cycling um, for coaches um, across the different codes. Uh, I branch out into the recreational market because there's there's a desperate need for people to engage with recreational cyclists here. Um, uh, it's just a fab job. It's just a, it's, it, you know, it's something that it, that uh, for me was a dream job. It's working in, a, in, a, in an industry which generally is fun. Um, I'll put a caveat on that. You, recreational riders are free-spirited. Recreational riders are um, happy. Recreational riders um, tend not to have all the politics. You get all that with sports cycling, <laughs> and and that's an interesting. Um, yeah, it's been interesting playing. You know, having some battles over the politics around sports cycling, but that's okay. It, it is what it is. Um, yeah. So so uh, so you know, it's it's been a lot a long winded story for me on a bike, but. Um, Really, you mentioned the mental health thing. I, I actually see it now with the COVID um, problem that we've had across the world. New Zealand has been quite lucky. Uh, we had a lockdown. We had about six weeks of lockdown. Um, we've come out of that. We've had a couple of minor issues since then. But during that initial wave of, um, of, of COVID was, was this resurgence of cycling. Just that the shops now can't keep up. 
um, with selling yeah. bikes. The, you know, the e-bike revolution, the normal, uh, well, say so what would we call a standard bike um, revolution? It's just crazy, um, but it's good crazy, you know. And I think I think we really need to do to to use that opportunity to to push across the world um, the cycling message. Um, if, it, if anyone's interested with the, the coaching side of things and the, the skills and the, the educational side, I'm more than happy to help across the world. It's, it's not something that I, I'm looking for making a living out of. I, just, I do it for the passion of it. Um, I run a, a, a couple of Facebook pages over here. I've got one that's around about 250 members now, which is just recreational riders. So it's just local for New Zealand. But, you know, it's, it's amazing to see the, uh, the people that do engage with you. Um, I put a key message up on that um, on the um, Facebook page for this group um, and just some training tips and hints. I've started to um, push that out to, to recreational riders over here. But uh, uh, there's one thing that you should always remember when you first jump on a bike is humans always look um, at the danger. They always look at, at um, almost immediately in front of them. So the key thing is about wherever your eyes go, the bike goes so it's it's a it's a skill that needs to be practiced it's a skill that has to be learned it's not a natural skill um and as we get older and bear in mind i, I presume everybody that's listening to this will be in their 50s or older that you you build up more fear you build up more more things that cause you to uh, to have a problem when you're trying to learn a physical skill eyes are really important wherever you look the bike goes you know, look around things, look for the exit on things, look, look past things rather than look at them. It's a very well-known theory. As soon as you look at the tree, you hit the tree. Mm. You know, if you're driving your car, if you look at the curb or look sideways, the car moves sideways. It's the same with the bike. It's a, it's a massively key, important piece to, um, to riding and practice it. You go on a switchback on a trail. Most people fall off on a switchback because they're not looking where the bike needs to be. They're actually looking at the trail in front of them to see the bike go around the corner. Um, another another key tip, I think, is uh, I'll only I'll just land two on you today. But another key tip is to get off the bike. As you get older, we lose more balance skills. So as a kid, if you think about it, as a kid, you run around, you you balance on curbs, you balance on bits of twigs, you balance on trees, you balance on the side of things. You, you have no fear. And balance kind of comes naturally in terms of the way you build it by playing. But as you get older, you tend not to practice that. You tend not to um, to play anymore. And um, what I've been doing with some of my um, clients that I've been coaching, and this is happening with other coaches as well, as we get people off the bike. Is that the buzzer to tell me to stop? Just about. <laughs> um, get people off. The, yeah, just get off the bike and start practicing the balance. So, you know, balancing on narrow things, balancing on one leg, it'll help. Yeah, no, good, good, good advice. And I was always taught that, to, especially when you're, when you're going downhill, going around corners, try to look around the corner. Don't yeah. look at the corner, look, look yeah, around right. so your eyes, eyes full. So great advice, Absolutely. great story there, um, Chris. So a, a, a common theme that I think we're all picking up is that, and, and I certainly experienced that as well, it's the, it's the friendships, it's the, the freedom of being out on the bike, the, you know, being close to nature, but also just the, the, um, the, the good that it does your head as well. Um, so just be good, um, just to go around the group, just picking up on the stories that you've, that you've told. If, if, you were, 
if you were um, trying to persuade someone who was interested in cycling, you know, somebody of our age or older who was interested, but maybe a little bit reluctant to do it, what would you be saying to them in a, in a couple of sentences? I, I think yeah, you've yeah. got to give them your experience. You know, <laughs> depression, anxiety, mental health issues affects everybody. So you've, I suppose you've got, if I was to encourage, and I do encourage uh, individuals to take up cycling, but being honest about your experience. Um, I said to my mate Graham, I've got a mate Michael, we've both been through similar stuff just in terms of what life hits at you. And the whole sort of drug count, I work in social work, so I'm, there's, there's a big drug counselling market out there that can be you can do it on your own. I don't mean you can do it on your own. You can do your own bit yourself. Be eating healthier. Be exercising more. And just taking advantage of the good stuff that's out there, the countryside, the fresh air. Learning a new skill, as Foggy was saying, you know, it's it's, it's all about stimulation of the brain, Norman, and it's re-stimulating and yeah. re-stimulating. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose that, that's the approach I would take. Yeah, great advice, Stuart. Neil, what would you say, given that you're relatively recent to, to discovering cycling? I would say just do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, um, I, for me, it was also, it helped that I had a friend. Um, and me and my husband is really into helping people start cycling now. Now, not on, a, on an informal way. You know, if there's anybody who says, Wow, I'd like to do this. I, we our Sundays are usually set apart for that. We say, okay, let's meet up and um, just start five kilometers. Um, let's or just let's because usually people are afraid that you are too good and they are either going to hold you up or they um, are going to bore you or they will not be able to do it. So um, it's a bit a little bit of a passion for us to. Um, to motivate people to start. And we have some groups that we do that with. And what we do now is we would ride a five-kilometer loop or a 10-kilometer loop and then drink coffee with them and then we would go our 50Ks or what we would like to do that day. So it doesn't affect us at all. But people just need a little bit of a push sometimes and some structure or some friendship again and somebody who, um, who helps him getting on. And, and we had an extra bike, and so we borrowed that now for somebody. It's not the perfect thing. It's an extra bike for us because it's not good, <laughs> but it's something to start. Because that is some another problem with many people. They don't have money to buy a bicycle. But the second-hand bicycle, you can get fairly cheap and just start. Yeah, good good uh, advice. Yeah. Uh, we, so I don't have you got eBay in in South Africa? Certainly, e, eBay is. Yeah, um, we, yeah. we have, but we have on uh, on the Facebook groups. Yeah, we have yeah. Um, secondhand cycles. Yeah. Uh, bike hub and you know um, groups that you can go on and have a look. So, yeah, definitely, definitely good advice there. I've 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 you know picked up most of my bikes secondhand from yep. from, from doing that much cheaper way of usually. Hotel, uh, 26er <laughs> yeah, yeah. was a very stupid group set, but it's something. 
So Chris, what's your, what's your advice to anyone who's watching this, listening to this and, and thinking, yeah, I want to get out, but I'm, I'm not sure about it. I think the first thing to remember is that the bicycle was the most efficient machine ever, in, um, ever invented by human beings. And that's in, in relation to what it costs to build and the energy expenditure and the health issues and everything else. It is, it's been proven it's the most efficient. The key thing is anyone can ride a bike. There's very few humans that can't actually ride a bike. There are so many adapted bikes these days. There are so many um, different ways of riding. And for me, it's about having fun. You can probably see the sun's just coming up over yeah. into, into my face. In, uh, it's Wednesday right morning now. with you, isn't it? Uh, it's first, first light, mate. We're in, you know, first light. We're getting it. Um, so even at elite level, uh, cyclists need to have fun. Uh, and yeah. if they're not having fun, if it becomes a, ch- a chore, it's not worth doing. So I just encourage anyone, jump on a bike. And find find the bike that is right for you. Find the, the group that's right for you. Find the style of riding, the places to ride that's right for you. But anyone can ride. Have fun doing it. Yeah, great. Thank, thanks. Thanks. Okay, we're going to move on to the next part uh, of the um, of the webcast uh, podcast uh, today. And um, Nilia, I know you've been looking through the Facebook group posts and trying to pick out someone that's really stood out for you. Would you like to uh, nominate to be the writer of the week? So who, who have you seen that you'd like to uh, give that award to? Yeah, that is, uh, it's a good, a great privilege, but also a difficult task because as you all know, it's always difficult to, <laughs> to decide on one person. What I really enjoyed was going through the posts and going through the comments and uh, getting to know the people a little bit. And um, I, of course, ruled the three of you out and myself. <laughs> so you don't chance, you don't Just stand a chance to win this. <laughs> okay are you okay with that (laughs) but anyway so um yes it was fun going through everybody's comments and posts and and um, getting a feel and an idea of how people see cycling and why they love it and why some are afraid of it and so on um so yeah and in in something that that um came to my mind is a good Afrikaans word, that's now my mother tongue, is Afrikaans. We say fastbait. Now, fastbait means not quitting. And that was something that, that really struck me, how many people had problems, but they didn't quit. Um, one of them that, uh, that drew my attention was uh, Simon Smith, that really went long, long ways with a headwind, with a lot of trouble, but he didn't quit. Another one was uh, Terry Burke about the sore butt. <laughs> he said he didn't quit. <laughs> I think we all know about that mm. one. There was a Robert Pigeon that said he had health issues and he didn't quit. There was people who said they had weight issues. We've heard that this evening as well. And um, many, many people struggle with the motivation. Many people struggle with depression it seems. And some struggle and some don't quit. So uh, that was something that when I read uh, John, is it Maton? Maton. John, John yes. Maton. Yeah. yeah. He, he had a post, I think today, uh, earlier today, he had a few posts during the week, but today he had one 
where he started saying motivation. And um, he mentioned, um, when I cycle, I feel 100% better mentally and physically. Um, he said, that even when he saw his doctor once, the doctor said, don't stop. <laughs> mm. He said, sometimes I need to push myself to go out. He says, seeing other cyclists inspires me to go further. He says, I never get bored of repeating routes as there's always something new. That is also something important for me because uh, you, you can't ride another route forever. You know, you have to repeat the routes, but it's about seeing and looking around and being present when you go out. Um, and then he said he sets goals and so forth. Um, one of them, uh, Joanne Neri, she uh, commented on his post and it was so good for me. She said, this is so nice, so open and honest. And uh, Billy Charlton commented, great read and very human, nice one. So I've decided, John, the golden beaten goes to you. <laughs> nice to join that on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, congratulations, John. Um, I've got up. Here it is here. We'll send one of those off. Um, oh. <laughs> those of you are listening on, our, on audio, it's a beautiful, um, pure gold plastic <laughs> bidon. Um, so that'll be in the post here. I'll get in touch with you to get your address and we'll send it off to you. So congratulations, John Maton, um, who is watching. I can see he is watching now, so is presumably cracking open the champagne now as we um, <laughs> as we move on to the, ne the 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 next part of it. So Stuart, uh, you've been looking at uh, great places to ride and looking at some of the posts that people have put up there. So what, wh where have you identified somewhere that you would love to go? You know, I'm kind of very very jealous of, of New York and Foggy and and where and the part of the world they're at. I mean, it just to be able to cycle. In the sun for um, endless weeks in the end is just, just idyllic. We're not as fortunate as that in Scotland. Um, it's not it's, that much. Certainly for me, the 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 place that stands out for me is the Isle of Mull. Um, so somebody had, had commented on it earlier. Um, <clears throat> I've toured it twice now. Um, and it's a place, it's got a very special place in my heart. It's got everything from, you know, the, those beaches that you think you would, you're in the middle of the Caribbean um, to you're psyching up places and you think you're in the Rocky Mountains. Um, so if I could <clears throat> recommend anywhere, it would, it would be the Isle of, <clears throat> it's 90 miles uh, round. Uh, we tour it three, four days. Sometimes long, longer if um, there's alcohol involved. Um, that, that kind of tends to, to slow down a tour. Um, but certainly the, the, the Isle of Mull would, would, would be my recommendation for if, if anybody gets a chance to cycle in Mull. Well, thanks for that, Stuart. That's, um, that, I, well, I, I completely agree that that's a magnificent place to cycle. I've, I've spent, I've been there a few times. I spent a week there just over two years ago and, and it was a, a relative heat wave. It was the mid twenties Celsius for the whole, mm -hmm. the whole week and sunny, although there was a few days where it was very windy, um, but I've never seen anything like it. Just this, the scenery, the views, the wildlife, just, just incredible. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's not that far from Glasgow, which is a major city in in Scotland and in, in the UK, but you couldn't be further away from 
from urban city life in, absolutely. in London. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, so highly recommend that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put up some more details about Mull, about where it is and how you can get there, not obviously at this time, maybe um, this time next year, uh, maybe before that, hopefully. Um, but hi, yeah, highly recommend that. So great, great, um, great choice, uh, Stuart. So fantastic. So we're almost drawing to an, an end now. So I just want to just want to thank all of the um, all of the panelists uh, for coming along today and sharing their views to, to Chris. And it's just fantastic to see people from around the world. So Chris already into Wednesday. In right at the southern tip of, of New Zealand, and and near you, you're are you near Cape Town? Is that did I catch that? Uh, no, we we are in Pretoria. In Pretoria, apologies. So you're you're up towards the north of uh, yes. South Africa, yeah. And Stuart from um, Ayrshire in Scotland, which I know well. I'm I'm from the other side of Scotland, from the east coast. But we'll we'll get on fine, Stuart. I'm sure that absolutely. Uh, that divide won't uh, won't cause problems for us. So, thank you, thank you all uh, very much. We're going to do these regularly, and um, try and do them try and do them every week. So, watch out in your inboxes as I message people, invite some more guests on. And John, if you're still watching, which I can see you are, um, I'll get in touch with you, and perhaps we can have a quick interview about um, about your rides now that Neil has. Uh, identified you as the as the writer of the week. So thank you all very much. I'm just going to finish with the quote that you see on the Facebook group and the Facebook page, which is another great Scotsman like um, Stuart myself, Arthur Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories and and others, and and he said, when the spirits are low, when the day appears dark, when work becomes monotonous, when hope hardly seems worth having. Just mount a bicycle and go out for a spin down the road without thought or anything but the ride you are taking. So great words from Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm going to leave you with that thought. So thank you all and see you all again soon. Thank you. Enjoy the day. Cheers. Thanks very much. Cheers Bye. now. Thanks, Norman. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.